Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine Live. My name is Mark Serianis. I'm your host. I'm a third Don Black Belt, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine. Taekwondo Life Magazine is a member of the Believe Sports Network. Believe is the number one sports and podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Since we started the magazine in, back in 2016, and since we started the podcast in 2019, we have made it a point to highlight and to showcase prominent women in Taekwondo and the martial arts. It's always been a theme of ours. We've always talked about the evolving nature of, of the martial arts and how it transcends race and religion and gender. And we've tried to really showcase the best of the best. Today's guest is a perfect example of that. She has been on our radar for some time. Several years ago in our print magazine, we uh, did a feature called 10 Women to Watch, I think in 2018 and beyond, and she was listed as one of them, and that is Mrs. Jessica Fabus Chang. She is featured today due to her recent coronation as Miss New York America. She will be going on in November to compete in the Mrs. America pageant, and we support her in that. But more importantly, she is a woman who is vocal and a charitable fundraiser. She is a healthcare worker and has worked tirelessly throughout this coronavirus pandemic. And she is a Taekwondo practitioner, and she was a forerunner and a cutting edge sports Pumse competitor and national team member. And now that she is in the midst of this whirlwind tour for Mrs. America, and she is a new mom, we know that she will be returning to the Dojang sometime soon, and sooner rather than later, hopefully, and we will be speaking to her about that. I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you enjoy hearing from her as much as I enjoy talking to her. And this episode is presented by Bet Online. Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. We are, this episode is premiering in August. We are just weeks away from the preseason snaps in football. For me, the most exciting time of year for sports. I know you'll be able to bet on all of those things. We are coming to the end of the baseball season. And before you know it, it will be hockey and basketball. But Bet Online doesn't just cover those, it covers everything from MMA. Uh, the Bellator fights, PFL, the entire Olympics, just about anything that you can bet on, the award season, Academy Awards, you could find at betonline.ag. Don't forget, with your when you go to bet online on your mobile device or website, that you'll get your 50% welcome deposit when you sign up as a result of this program. So go to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. I look forward to seeing you on the mat. I look forward to seeing Jessica Fabus Cheng on the mat, working with her on Sports Pumse, hearing what she has learned in her journey towards November and hopefully a coronation 
on behalf of herself, her family, the state of New York, and the Taekwondo community as she makes the move to become Mrs. America. Thank you. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you? How's everything? Good. So wonderful to see you. Good to see you too. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing it. Congratulations. I haven't had Thank a chance you. to speak to you since your wonderful accomplishment. So, um, Thank you so much. Great. So this morning, and I had mentioned to you, we, we're recording. We're not live. We'll, um, I'll let you know, probably going to be either Monday or the following Monday. But we are, okay. we are speaking this morning to Jessica Fabus Cheng. Did I say that right? Yes, Fabus Cheng. Mm -hmm. oh, I was, I was, uh, I'm always sensitive because of my name that I get it right. Yeah. Speaking to Jessica Fabus Cheng, who has just uh, earned an, the, the great accomplishment of 2021's, is it Miss New York American? Mrs. New York, America. Mrs. I apologize, of course. No, Mrs. that's okay. <laughs> Mrs. Amer America or American? America. America. Yes. Congratulations on that. She is a, we're going to talk a little bit about that in the limited time that we have. She is a Taekwondo black belt, a uh, USA Taekwondo uh, nationally, um, national or former national team member. She is a Pumse champion. Um, and probably most notable is that throughout this incredibly crazy time that she has been a healthcare worker. Yeah. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. No, thank so you. So happy to be here. Yeah, it's a great time. It's an exciting time for, for women related to uh, Taekwondo, as you know. Um, uh, yesterday morning, uh, our time. Uh, we had Anna Zolotich uh, win the gold medal for the United States and Team USA, which was very exciting. And within yes. the last hour to two hours, uh, she didn't medal, but uh, Paige McPherson ended up making in her third Olympic uh, showing. She she made it to the bronze medal round. So she, yes. and she's a fantastic competitor. So it's a great time for women in, in the martial arts and, and related to the martial arts. Yes, it absolutely is. I'm really glad that you mentioned that about the gold medal because not only is it a, the first gold medal for U, Team USA in Taekwondo, but it's a female that did that. And it's, it's incredible. Yeah, it absolutely is. And of course, we would accept a male as well. But <laughs> I just think, you know, it's it's nice, you know, that that girl power, you know, just so much, so many advancements for women in sports. And I just think it's absolutely, I was like speechless when I saw that. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. I was excited. I didn't expect to be as emotional as I was. I was really emotional, especially because, you know, it's somebody who is um, young, but has such a promising future and has really worked hard. She's really, uh, really been a great uh, role model for somebody who has been willing to sacrifice uh, in order to be able to accomplish her, her, her dream. And, and it's exciting. It's really, it's, it's the world stage, especially after the Olympics being postponed for a year and, how much havoc that wreaked on, on so many of the athletes. Yeah, absolutely. I can totally understand if you, you've been training to peak at a certain point and then, you know, this whole thing happened and it was unsure for a while. So it wasn't even like a hard stop right away. It was like, sure. is this going to happen? Should I keep training? And then, you know, of course it was pushed back, but that's mental toughness right there. Absolutely. And you've had a lot, a lot going on. I mean, during this time, I know that you've been doing the pageant, um circuit you've had the dealing with the pandemic and being a healthcare worker you're a, a relatively new mom if that's correct right 
Yes. Congratulations on that. So, so tell me a little bit about you. Um, let's let's roll it back. Take a little journey, a little walk with you. So, tell me a little bit about your Taekwondo career. How uh, I know you're uh, most recently. I know you're not in Brooklyn now, but you're most recently um, a New York Brooklyn native. How'd you get started at, in Taekwondo? And and tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Well, I actually love this story because I started Taekwondo by accident, actually. I did not know what it was going into it. Um, what happened was I was actually staying in a hotel in Chicago. This is back in 2008 or 2009. And uh, long story short, I remember waking up in the middle of the night and I had this really bad feeling. I was like, something is going down right now. And I sat up in bed and I looked over and the door to my room was wide open. Been. literally it was four o'clock in the morning the door to my room was open I heard people like yelling outside and all of the strength that I had in that moment I got up out of bed and I just went to the door and what happened was the hotel had given a late arriving businessman the key to my room oh wow yes yeah, so his items were in my room the suitcase was there it was I was still half asleep so luckily nothing happened but it really affected me. And I realized that, of course, it's one thing to have the physical strength to, if that guy had had bad intentions to fight somebody, but I didn't know if I had the mental capacity to stay present and in the moment and focused and calm. And I, that spoke to me that I need to do something. I, I would like to do some sort of self-defense. So I got home to New York and I was getting off of the train and I saw this uh, sign in a window that said self-defense, $10 trial class. And I'm like, let me go just check it out and see what it is. Right, is this a sign? Yeah, right? And I, I walk in and it was a Taekwondo school. There's a big Korean flag and an American flag. And I was like, oh, I never even considered doing martial arts before. So, but then I thought, you know, if I do this trial class, I'm the type of person that at this stage in my life, I have to become a black belt because I'm not going to be one of those people that they join and two months later, like, okay, this is too hard. I knew it was going to be hard. Um, and then I always like to say that I remember, you know, it being two months later and I was in push-up position, like drenched in sweat thinking, what have I done? You know, wow. um, but that's really how I got started in Taekwondo. And I didn't start competing until I was closer to a black belt. So I'd say around a brown belt, I did my first competition and I did Taekwondo seven um, in the competition and I did relatively well. And um, a year later, someone was like, you should try like the, the USA Taekwondo, like the state championships, you should try, try that. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm ready for that, you know, but right. I'll try it. And lo and behold, I ended up, long story short, I went to nationals that year in 2011 in Dallas. And then I ended up winning the red belt gold medal. Um, so, and after that, I became a black belt. And of course, once you become a black belt, you know, all bets are off. You're, you know, with first to ninth degree black belts who've done it since the womb. Um, so it took me many years to even get to a place where I was even competing relatively on a higher level because I started Taekwondo as an adult. I didn't start as a kid. Sure, you know, sure. I started 
with all the adult issues that we have. And, um, but it became a passion of mine, really. Um, I remember seeing uh, Team M, who recently got the golden buzzer on America's right. Got Talent. I remember seeing them performing a high level Pumse. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. It just grabbed me, just kind of like pageants grabbed me, Pumse grabbed me as well. And then it just was like, I have to do that. I have to. That's interesting. Uh, that's really an interesting story. And that's an interesting um, concept because for people who get into and fully understand sport Pumse, uh, mm-hmm. on the presentation side, uh, there's a pageantry that's involved, right? In in the expression of your energy and in, in your performance. And, you know, uh, Grandmaster Raymond Sue always says people don't win national uh, Pumse or international events on accuracy, right? Because accuracy is always going to be anticipated to be good at that level. It's going to be the presentation that's going to separate uh, the gold from the bronze from the silver. And I never really thought about it in terms of uh, pageants and pageantry. But as you're as you're laying it out, there's to some degree probably some level of uh, uh, symmetry there. Yeah, absolutely there is. That's really what drew me to it. It was the beauty of it. It was the performance of it. Yes, accuracy. I mean, I was blown away by the accuracy, but that wasn't what got me to the point where I said to myself, I'm going to train every single day and pursue this dream for years. It was, there was just something about it. So yes, that's totally true. And you're somewhat groundbreaking in the sense that, you know, sports, the pandemic, if the pandemic did anything, uh, it helped to perpetuate sports Pumse because people didn't have the ability to train uh, in sparring as much. So all of the tournaments, the online tournaments, they all were directed. But at the time that you were really involved in, in getting involved in, in sport Pumse, it was really at a time that it was very, very, uh, uh, really making a lot of strides uh people didn't really fully understand well what's sports pumse as opposed to pumse and things like that so you really ended up in a situation where you really are a pioneer in that regard i don't know if you feel that way but I mean, from my perspective that's the way i see it that's yeah that's an interesting thought as well and i know for new york specifically apart from a very few people not a lot of people are at a higher level of Pumse in the state. Not that they can't be higher level, but it's less likely as opposed to say California. Sure. I mean, that's why I had to go to California to train because it didn't have, you know, I didn't have the same amount of training in this state specifically. I, I, I know from the experience of, uh, you know, Alex Tercios. Yes. People who are familiar with us know him. Uh, yeah. He coaches at, at our academy and he's com- competed. And, you know, for years, I know he had similar passion to you. And again, it was a matter of, of not really having a lot of the resources regionally that uh, that he was looking for. And, and a lot of it was done, as I'm sure it was with you, was done independently. It was done based on his own passion and his own desire to learn more. Um, you know, now there's tremendous resources are available for uh, the practice and the understanding and, and and the coaching of it, but he had the same the same issue. He was seeking it out and 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 sort of learning as he went. Yeah, that's basically what happened with me. And that type of passion really drives you. You know, if you see an obstacle, you you just say, okay, I'm just going to go around it. I'm going to find a way to make this work. And I think someone like Alex is always. I mean, although he's younger than me, has been incredibly inspirational to me as well, because he, he and I do have a similar 
thought process as it comes to Pumse and what has drawn us to do that. It's just, it's a, it's a passion. I mean, that's like the only way I can really describe it on so many levels. And it's driven me to lose sleep and train and sure. you know fly all over the country, you know? So. Right. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's flip it forward. Now your most, the most recent, I know that you had taken obviously some time off a between the pandemic, but also between becoming a new mom from, yeah. uh, this is not your first pageant. You you've, I know you've competed before. Um, so tell us a little bit about your, uh, your recent coronation. Tell us about how that came to be and, and sort of, again, the history of how you got involved in, in the pageant world. You know, it's funny because we are talking about the correlation between pageantry and Pumse. And actually when I was young, I was a young kid, I was about 12 or 13. I really wanted to do pageant. And at that time, um, my mom is now a very big supporter, but she said, absolutely not. This is not for you. This is um, something that is not good for you. It's almost like a sexist thing. Um, And that's sometimes people will see it like that on the forefront where they don't really see that we actually, just like with Ponce, we train for this. There is a lot that goes into it. It's not just getting up on stage and walking around. All of us have community service platforms. For me personally, I'm an advocate for Duchenne muscular dystrophy. We can talk yeah. about that later too. Um, but that that's a, also a huge passion of mine. And so I really didn't get involved until I was older. And I've competed four times for this title of Mrs. New York America. And I would have to say that my experience in sports and in Taekwondo specifically um, really propelled me to continue to try to do your best and not give up, especially if you have a dream. And I think that's something that's so wonderful about Taekwondo, especially as it teaches adults and kids alike, that you can't go from point A to point F. You have to go from A to B to C and learn the techniques in each level to progress to that ultimate goal of the black belt. And then of course the journey begins. But, you know, I think, having had that background really propelled me to continue fighting through basically. So this is now the fourth time that I competed and this time I was successful, but it's the journey. It's really the journey that is what you tend to fall in love with. And I'm forever grateful and forever changed by Taekwondo and by pageantry. That's great. That's great. And when we interviewed, we, we did a lot of work in 2014 and 15 with uh, Nia Sanchez who was Miss USA and who was also a uh, a black belt and and she had a lot of similar a, a lot of similar thoughts. Those uh, paths to her were um, maybe to some people they may see those paths as being very divergent, but for her they were very very uh, parallel because she she again it was something that uh, both of them took a lot of, a tremendous amount of work. Both of them took a lot of learning. She jumped into both of those similar to you, and each step along the way you you learn. And as you said, the reward comes, you know, the accomplishing the, the accomplishment is, is a great thing, but it's not a, an empty gesture. It came from all of that sweat and, and, and hard work. And that's true of, of, of both of those, those things. So that, that, that is great. And that's a great message for young people who, especially today's day and age, people, you know, we want things and I understand that and we're, people are impatient, but in order to really be able to get the benefit out of it, you have to work to, to get there and, and, and yeah. you are changed as a result. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And then in a similar fashion, now earning the crown, now the journey begins, you know, now the work is going to happen, you know, but you're just in a different mindset, a different frame of mind and knowing that you did the hard work to get to this point. And of course there is some, you know, luck involved. I don't think there's a surefire way that, you know, this is going to be the time, you know, just like with winning that the national championships, you know, there's, situations that occur, you know, or you're just, you get a good draw or you just have a good day, you know, sure. that, that's a, that's a great, that's a great point. And, and that could be the difference. So then uh, you just yeah. in, enjoy it. Um, yeah. Tell us it's important and, and we'll link it and, and I'll ask you afterwards to send me um, links for it, but tell us about the, the charitable aspect of it. Um, and, and tell us a little bit about uh, that platform, you know, how you're using the platform to help bring visibility to that and what anyone who's listening to this on the audio side or watching this on the video side, what they can do to, to help uh, your cause. Sure. Well, I do want to say that pageantry is a self-development tool. At least that's how I look at it. I look at it as a whole, not just, I just wanted the crown. It was the entire aspect, just like becoming a black belt is not the belt. You are now a person of integrity, you're someone who does not give up, you have, you know, persistence and an indomitable spirit. It's the same type of idea with pageantry. And so for me, my platform is Duchenne muscular dystrophy. And this form of muscular dystrophy was found to be in my family back in 2004. And how we found out is my cousin, <clears throat> who is now in his 20s, was diagnosed with this form of muscular dystrophy which is actually the most common form of muscular dystrophy diagnosed in children, yet it's still considered a rare disease. Wow. And I find that almost crazy because if it wasn't a rare disease, how many more people would have known about it, have maybe have done just a simple genetic test to find out if they were a carrier for it. So in my case, I'm a carrier, which means I can pass it on to a child. I have a very high chance of doing that. Um, so for a really long time, I felt a lot of shame about that. You know, when I was dating my husband, I'm like, at what point in our relationship right. do I want to tell great. you this? You know, so maybe we're not going to be able to have children at all. And it was very hard. And I finally realized that what's really critical for me is that I live who I am as a person. I live my truth. And by living my truth, hopefully others, other women that may be carriers that feel a certain way about it or a carrier for another disease, that there is no shame to it. Um, I think that opens up a dialogue when you're able to put yourself out there and be unafraid. So this form of muscular dystrophy, I have been advocating very strongly um, for research and funding for the past four years, which means I'm actually what's known as an advocacy captain for the state of New York. So I lead a delegation along with another um, woman who's a mom, actually, her name is Christine and she's upstate. Um, we lead a delegation of New York delegates down to Washington DC and we directly speak to our lawmakers about continuing funding that this remain at the forefront of um, the, the research and funding that's being done like with the FDA and different, different organizations that need basically millions of dollars to be funded. And the key here is it's not just about facts and figures. My platform is called The Power of Your Story. And that is basically taking the everyday family 
that may be struggling with this, may have a child with this disease, may know somebody. And we go and we simply tell our story. We tell them because our lawmakers, if anything, they need to know the human behind these charts and graphs and the research that we need money for. They need to see a face. They need to know that the American people are affected by this. And this is affecting the American family. Um, it's not as known. And that's why I wanted to also be Mrs. New York America so I can create more awareness about that. And so people that are considering having a family, they can know that genetic testing exists. Sometimes if your insurance doesn't cover it, it can be free. It just depends on the situation. Um, but it's just important that the real everyday person um, is going down to tell Congress essentially. And we need both sides of the aisle. This is not a partisan sure. issue. We need Republicans and de Democrats to actually work together, but it's a human issue. It's a human issue and it's, it's completely bipartisan. Well, that's a great thing. And you know, the one thing we learned during the pandemic, right, is that uh, disease is not, uh, it certainly is not uh, political and it's not uh, partisan. So no matter what you're, right. whether you're Republican, Democrat, apolitical, you're equally mm -hmm. at risk of, of of these things. So it's it's an education yes. issue. So that's great. What we'll do is in our show notes, if you send me whatever links that you want us to use for people to educate themselves or to be able to find out more or get involved, um, we'll definitely post those. So we appreciate that. So tell me a little bit about your Taekwondo now. I know, again, with so much going on, I don't know what your, your current status. Are you currently um, back to training and competing? Is that something that's in your near or distant future? What do you think? I think it's closer than I care to admit. Um, it's something that I, I definitely needed that time off because it was years of just, you know, sure. going, going, going and having a baby, but I'm not retired. I've, I've gotten that question before, just like um, Instagram people messaging, like, are you still doing Taekwondo? I'm like, I think you always do Taekwondo sure. no matter what your status is, but I'm, it's going to be soon. I want to stay within this year. I'd like to start coming back. Um, I mean, I'm already training physically because of the pageant. So I just need to sort of focus in and start training again. I would love to be back on the mat. That's great. That, uh, that's a great thing. It's a, it's, it's a great, and I think it's a, there's a dual platform there. So you have the ability to use, to leverage both to, to be able yeah. to be visible and be a good role model as you are and, and be visible to young people and women and, and yeah. for, your, for your cause. So yes, that, that's absolutely. a good thing. So tell me a little bit about as we we wind down, what is the obligations, the other obligations of your um, of your title? Uh, does that have you doing a lot of traveling throughout the state or, or doing those types of things? Is that a relatively uh, a full schedule for you that's mapped out for the year? Or is that sort of uh, open ended in terms of uh, we're in such a strange time that even historical things are hard to 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 know, you know, what's going on from day to day? Yeah. Well, it's definitely a little bit of both because I, what's great about, you know, being a Mrs. <laughs> title holder is you have a life, you have a family. And that's what sure. I love about the Mrs. America organization is that they allow you, they know that. So that's built into your obligation. However, one of the biggest things that I will be doing, as I just mentioned, is I will be competing at Mrs. America. And that is in November, November 20th in Las Vegas at the Westgate Hotel um, and Casino. And that's one of an obligation that I have is to go and compete there, which is incredibly exciting. Sure. Um, but other than that, I'm planning on touring throughout the state, working with Parent Project Muscular Dystrophy, which is the um, patient advocacy nonprofit group that I 
advocate with. They have um, something called a Duchenne Care Center, specific areas and places where they care for this um, form of muscular dystrophy specifically. And I'm, I can't wait just to go meet different people and any and other appearances too. I, I want to support also the, the women that I compete with. They're also local title holders and they also have community service platforms. So I think just really encouraging, supporting people, you know, my own personal platform, working with the families that I work with um, and just continuing to promote positivity and, and love out there. That's great. That's great. So as you make the, the uh, movement towards the Mrs. America pageant, is there anything that uh, from a public standpoint um, that they can do to um, support you? I mean, obviously, as time goes, we'll, we'll post you know, where people can see that pageant. But is there any is there any public facing component of that or is that all done based upon um, judging and other criteria? Well, there's something called the Fabulous Face Contest, which will come later on in the year. Right now, the, the best thing that people can do is to like our Facebook and Instagram pages and check out MrsNYAmerica.com, which is the website where you can get all of the information. If you're thinking about competing, you can always reach out to me. Um, our Facebook page, um, you can find it at Mrs. New York America. You can do a search for that or Instagram. Um, for my personal page, it's 2021 Mrs. NY America. And we also have um, a Miss title holder who's a young woman who is not married at this time. She's someone else um, who's also based in Brooklyn. And then we have our New York American title who was actually the first runner up. But again, another thing that I love about this system is they give someone who got close um, and has the chops basically to have a state title and also compete in their own national pageant. Oh, wow. So there's many ways to win and just do good in the community. That's, um, wonderful. The That's wonderful. And if you send me in a follow-up email, just send me the links you want us to use. We'll, we'll put all those links in for people to be able to make it easier for them to navigate out to those various sites and, and do whatever it is that they need to do. Absolutely. I will. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. It's, it's absolutely my pleasure. And I look forward and it's, the timing is great, especially as um, for me, uh, nationals approaches, I'll be refereeing at the nationals in San Antonio. So mm -hmm. hopefully by the next nationals, maybe we'll see you competing there as well or, yes. or, or appearing. But um, I look forward to it. I thank you. Um, I thank you for all you. I know that you've been you know, highly visible in both the martial arts and in public causes. And again, uh, as a healthcare worker, you know, I certainly personally and, and our community thanks you so much for, for all that you and the people in your community have done to endure this, this really, really crazy and difficult time, especially starting here on, you know, coastally in New York, we really, the difficulties of being in the boroughs and, 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 and dealing in the healthcare system and, and the stresses on it during the pandemic. So, uh, Thank you for everything you do, but most especially thank you for that in a truly heartfelt way. I, I, there's there's not enough ways to praise you and thank you for for, for doing that. So and, and it's wonderful to see somebody of your caliber and of your character to, to wear the crown and to represent both Taekwondo, represent New York, and and hopefully represent America. This is America. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, so yeah. again, we we are talking to Jessica Fabus Chang today. She's taken some time out of her busy schedule as a mom, as a Taekwondo practitioner, as a healthcare worker, uh, as Mrs. New York America 
to talk to us. And uh, Jessica, I thank you so much. I, I really look forward to following and we'll, we'll make sure to follow your journey and to let people know what's going on with you. So thank you and have a wonderful day and, and, and enjoy the rest of the, the journey up until, I mean, it's hard to believe we're, we're coming into August. So November's right around the corner for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. You'll do great. You'll do great. And we'll, and the Taekwondo community will be there supporting you every step of the way. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.